Hi, I'm Sonia Jean Killebrew, and this is Black America and COVID, an oral history project. I started this project during Black History Month of 2022 because I wanted to provide a platform for Black Americans to share their stories about living, working, and or going to school during the COVID-19 pandemic. I also wanted to provide a space for people to memorialize someone who is a Black American who sadly lost their life during the COVID-19 pandemic. I was inspired by the work of Zora Neale Hurston, author and anthropologist, to record the experiences of Black Americans in their own voices. My goal is to get my recordings into museums, such as the Smithsonian Museum of African American History and Culture, or the Schomburg, or the Library of Congress's Folklife Museum. I'll share a little bit about me and my family history, and then I'll speak to my guests. I'm a Black American. My dad was African American and Indigenous American. His ancestors were enslaved in Georgia. In fact, we still have our family's slave name, which is Killebrew. My dad, Dr. Terrence Killebrew, met my mom in graduate school at the New School in New York when they were both earning their master's degrees in psychology. And I'm a fourth generation teacher. So my mother is a retired New York City teacher. My grandmother was a teacher on the island of Jamaica for 20 years and then in New York for 20 years. My great-grandmother was a teacher in Jamaica up until she got married. She was the daughter of an Irish woman and a black man. She stopped working after she got married because it wasn't considered respectable for a married woman to continue working in the late 1800s. And ironically, my mother began teaching long after she got married in the late 1900s. So without further ado, I'm excited to see You know, and I really had to work on the accent so that I stopped getting, huh? Because it, it started to give me a complex. So, oh. you know, as I got older, like I just, I embraced my, my culture more. I wish I had the, the woman I am now today, like how I think about, you know, where my parents come from and 
just how immersive our culture is and you know so many people who love you know Caribbean people yeah um, I wish I had had that ability to say you know what this is this is my culture if you don't understand what I'm saying I will repeat it for you and which I did Mm -hmm. you know not take offense to it and just you know maybe use it as a teachable moment but you know as you get older you know you learn these things when you're young you're just trying to like fit in yeah especially being in a, a new place but you know that just that's just been my experience with it so it just depends I think you know who I'm and sometimes people will pick up on it like oh I hear an accent and I'm like oh yeah my parents are West Indian mm-hmm. you know and I like to share how we know each other. So we're actually just meeting. <laughs> In person, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But our, so my mom, she she wrote this down for me. So my mom said that she I went know. to, yeah, <laughs> she went to elementary school with Florence Fullerton and Hunter Fullerton. And you said um, Florence is your aunt or Flo. So Hunt, um, I don't, uh, Uncle um, Devin is, Devin Hunter is my aunt Flo's wife now. I mean, husband now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they went, to, I don't know if they all went to school together, but they, she probably went to school with my aunt Flo right. and my dad, Basil Fullerton. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Basil. Yeah. yeah. So she's now um, married to uh, Devin, who his last name is Hunter. So I think that's where the, the oh. connection is coming in. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> no problem. So I'm really excited to hear about your life living and working during the COVID-19 pandemic. And also for you to share about all the beautiful masks that, <laughs> that you made. I love that you still have those. That's oh, awesome. yes. <laughs> See, that just goes to show that they hold up. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my mom, because my mom's so, she's like, they're fully lined. We love them. <laughs> Thank you so much for supporting. Like that's, that's so it's, you know, especially when you're selling things online, you know um, you never really get to meet your, your customer per se. So it's always nice. You know, I was at um, Ikea once with my daughter and this young lady had on one on my mask and it was a very specific print. So I knew it was mine. And um, you know, we kind of locked eyes and I was like, oh, I love your mask. I said, did you get that from the beehive? And she said, yes. I said, I made that. And she's like, oh my God, I love your mask. So yeah, it was like a, a good feeling. I guess it would be the same thing. Like if you saw something on the red carpet or whatever, you still get that same excitement that somebody's enjoying your work as much. Um, but, you know, the, the top of the pandemic for me, so I'm in sales. I, I design, I have my own collection, Raymond, and I also work full-time for another designer. So I'm doing both things, um, but I work for another designer, Trina Turk, on the wholesale side of it. So at the top of the, the pandemic, um, we I travel. So I am in face-to-face with these stores. We do trade shows five times a year in Atlanta, five times a year in Dallas, five times a year, I mean, twice a year in New York. And when the pandemic happened, we had just had, the start of the pandemic anyway, we had just had a big show in New York. We had Coterie that February. So coming back, you know, we're all going on the road. We're all going to show our accounts, the new, what were we showing in February? Um, 
we were showing fall in February. So we were all going out on the road to see our accounts. And then um, when I think it was around the 13th or the 16th of March, when everything kind of shut down here in Atlanta. And I just remember being on a call, the whole team, we were on a Zoom. And, you know, unfortunately they had to do some layoffs. I think at the time they either laid off or furloughed um, about, I want to say it was like 60% of our company. Mm. And then for the rest of the people like myself, fortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, I would say I was fortunate to still be able to keep my position. Um, but then they cut our salaries, you know, 20%, the whole company, just because they were trying, to, they didn't know, they didn't know how long things were going to last. We're like, okay, hopefully it's just, you know, a couple of months. So we went from a team of eight people to a team of three <laughs> on the wholesale side, like going on the road. So just being able to still connect with our stores because everyone is scared. Um, our stores, they don't know, you know, that's their livelihoods too. Just like it's my livelihood to sell them, you know, the brand. And they weren't sure if they were going to be able to stay open. Fortunately, a lot of my, I mean, I've worked with some of these people for 18, 19 years. That's how long I've been with the company. Mm. So, you know, to hear just the fear and um, the anxiety, like not knowing what to do. But then out of that, um, so many people started getting creative. We had, um, we started doing these Zoom calls. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure Zoom stock rose, you know, <laughs> with all of these companies using it. But we started doing Zooms and we started like every Tuesday, we would have these kind of um, informative meetings with our stores, like finding out, hey, so what are you doing the, during the pandemic to kind of keep your, keep your business afloat? People were doing Instagram lives and they were showing their new collections, you know, on the Instagram live or on Zoom. And that's how they were keeping their, their customers engaged and keeping revenue still coming, you know, mm -hmm. cause there were people still shopping because they, you know, some people thought we were going to be done in a couple of weeks. Oh, this will pass. So they were still buying. They're still supporting local business. Um, so for us, that was great to hear, you know, the different things that everyone was doing to just keep it going, you know, and for us, our stores also appreciated that we were still connecting with them. Um, you know, of course, some people had to cancel orders and a lot of manufacturers, you know, they didn't make it because they don't, they either, they weren't around for a long time. They didn't have that financial backing. You have to understand if you place, you have 200 stores, right? Mm -hmm. And 160 of them place these at the time, what would have been shipping was spring. And that's a big season for a lot of our, our boutiques. That's their best season. So a lot of people were having to cancel orders and that hurt a lot of manufacturers. And what we were able to do is, um, of course, we couldn't can't, some things were already produced. So we either let people cut them back or we push their orders out. So they gave, gave them more time. Um, if the orders were like small, you know, we, we would let them cancel. 
but some manufacturers, they didn't have that flexibility. So we were just very grateful to be able to still maintain as a company and kind of think outside of the box. Um, you know, we ended up not being able to travel for three months. So a lot of the, a lot of Zoom presentations, like, okay, so this top, you know, we are putting it up to the screen so they can see the detail and you're sending them line sheets. We had to just get creative. And I think a lot of people did. And once we started to see, for me, when it came to my business, um, you know, I have my things at the Beehive. It's a, it's a local co-op here. So it's all local artists. Um, everything is hand, they, is handmade, basically. And it allows, for, from a branding standpoint, for, you know, someone if they're just starting in the business to kind of get involved because they, they do a lot of like the little craft shows in, you know, in the, in the region and they have a good following because they've been around at least 15 years now. Yeah. On Peachtree Road. So they were on Peachtree and Mm -hmm. then a new, a new young lady, African-American woman, um, Melanie Davis bought the, bought the business from this other woman who was moving to New York with her husband. Mm-hmm. And so now they're in, uh, what is that area? It's off of, it's kind of like Reynoldstown. Um, yeah. Reynoldstown. And they get a lot of foot traffic, a lot. Some people don't even know what it is when they come in sometimes. So it's, it's been a good situation being in there. So for me, I was still having to make stuff for that for that because they were trying to also sell things online they started scaling more online so that they would still get revenue um so with the mask um you know i just people couldn't get them we had to wear them if if we left the house i was still unfortunately having to leave to go to the showroom to to either go do the zooms with my stores and we had to wear a mask in the america's mart so you know i'm just thinking all right we need these things uh, I saw a quick little video on how to, I think it was Mimi G or something like that. She did the, the square ones and I'm like, okay, how can I tweak this? Cause I, I like it, but I want it to like fit, fit my face. Yeah. So I literally started just playing with different ones. I was sending it to different fam- First customers were my family members. <laughs> like, okay guys, you're my test group. So I sent it to my dad. I sent it to my, you know, my brothers. This one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's one of my favorites. I was so sad I couldn't get more of that fabric. I love this one. one of my favorites. Take my glasses off. Oh. I um I washed it and I, I hung it by the, the straps and it got stressed out. So I made the mistake. I should my mom said I should have hung it like this, but I hung it like ah, that. Okay. I love this one. Sorry, go ahead. No worries. You know, you can all, we can always tighten the elastic if we need to take it in. So that's a possibility. Um, But that was just a way for me to still feel creative. And sure enough, I, you know, I got into the the whole Instagram story thing. Like, okay, let me show me making my mask just to give content you know like this is what I'm doing during the pandemic people were doing home renovations I was also doing that but then I was also working on my business so I put it on Instagram um friends started seeing it then 
that's how you, you know, your sister shared with you, mm-hmm. you ordered, you know, and it just, it just started going from there. And then before I know it, I had stores, my stores started ordering some from me, from my work work, which I wouldn't normally, you know, I try not to merge the two, right. you know, but they wanted some. And I tell you, my mom was helping me cut. I was getting orders for like, hey, we need a hundred by next week. <laughs> so on top of that, I'm still working, mind you. I'm still working, you know, with my regular nine to five. So I'm up till three o'clock in the morning. As soon as I signed off the computer at work, I was like, okay, I'm at the machine. Had my mom cutting fabric to kind of help me. You know, we had a little <laughs> chain, <laughs> chain, <laughs> a chain gang in the, <laughs> in, the, in the in the house. You know, daughter was helping, you know, cut the elastic to put in there. Everyone was doing something, you know, so it was, it was, it was a good way for us also to kind of hang out. My daughter never sat at a sewing machine ever in life. She's like a sports, she loves everything sports, fashion. She likes to look nice, but it's, she could care less about it. So to have her in my, my little sewing closet at the time, (laughs) helping out was it was fun. We, we we definitely made it a family affair, and you know it was good to just be able to to contribute to people who felt like they you know they needed it. They couldn't get the PPE stuff. Yeah. Um, I had nurses um, ordering stuff for me. Then that came with more orders because they would go into work and they would have it on over there. They had some of the K95 masks. Some of my friends would put it over their mask I made it a little bit more forgiving so that they could wear it over or wear it under and then put their um their original mask on so that they felt like they had the coverage so it was you know and I'm still making them of course here now we don't have to we don't have to wear them I was still wearing my mask up until like last week mm-hmm. um I'm probably going to start wearing it again <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been really good. It's been really good. I, I, I can't believe just how within it, I literally say overnight, the orders just kept coming, kept, 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 kept. and thank God for, you know, and telling you social media, man, Yeah, <laughs> social media can either make or, or break a business. And especially if you use it correctly. It's true. I, I remember my sister took pictures with her mask and she had like them on display. And I was like, oh, I want some. And then my mom's my mom wanted some and my friends saw it there. Yeah. And then they wanted some. So I yeah, I posted on, on Instagram so people could I know, see. I so appreciate that because I, I mean, <laughs> and I, you know, your 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 last name is very unique. So I didn't know at first. And I was like, wait a minute, I know Kilabru. And then I was like, oh, that's my big sister. You know, so that was great. <laughs> <I can't laughs> <plug>. <laughs> yeah we love your masks we have so many my mom has like different colors for different outfits like the blue yes. represent the red rep- <laughs> yes you have to coordinate yes. coordinate <laughs> Yeah, we thank you because, like you said, they we couldn't buy any masks, and definitely not the K95 masks for months. And yeah, they didn't have it. Yeah, didn't have it. or they it was going to the nurses and doctors that that needed it the most, you know. Because we honestly we were supposed to be staying in the house, mm-hmm. um, so and they were on the front lines, you know, trying to 
to fight this thing. And, um, you know, I would say, I know a lot of people that got it. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not get it. I don't want it still. (laughs) Um, but I have family members that got it and they were able to recover. Um, only one of my, my dad's neighbor of over 30 years. Um, he lives upstate New York now and they went to Italy, um, at the top, like maybe February, they went to Italy and they were coming back and they thought this man had the flu and he passed, like, unfortunately he passed away, but for, for at least two weeks, they thought it was just the flu that had killed him. It was COVID. And it was just, you know, like I said, he and my dad had been neighbors and friends for over 30 years from when my dad bought the house up there. And Mm -hmm. That was really sad. You know, my brothers knew their sons and daughters. They kind of all went to the, um, I think they, some of them went to high school together. So they, they knew the family. And so that was like my first experience with knowing someone that had passed from it. Mm. And then like a month after that, one of my high school uh, friends, um, he was he's, what, 44 at the time. Um, he passed away of it. He got really, he had to go to the hospital and it just, it went downhill quickly for him. Young guy in good health, you know, I mean, young to me, cause I'm, I'm 46. I still think I'm young. So yes, you are forever young. <laughs> it, it was just, it's it just really sad. And, um, like I said, we're still in it. Thankfully it's, it's been better, but like, this is forever change how we do everything, you know, and I, how I'm trying to operate in it is like, okay, what are the good things that have come from it? You know, people were able to scale their businesses. Uh, people who were fighting commutes to go into the office, companies are now realizing, you know, I have a lot of people or a lot of girlfriends that are, you know, in the corporate structure and they, they are just now going back to work, but they're not the, they, they don't have to go in every day now because their companies see like, okay, this, this telecommuting is working. And some companies, you know, they were completely against it. They felt it was like the product, you know, the productivity, productivity, excuse me, would not be the same. I can tell you for me, when at the height of the, the pandemic, my company, I just had to roll out of bed and wash my face and brush my teeth and look presentable from the top, you know, from this part up. So you're not focusing on, okay, I'm going to zhuzh myself up today, or what am I going to wear today? What do I need to iron? Mm-hmm. All of, all of those time saving things. It's such a mentally freeing. Um, it's just freeing. And you are able to focus on the things that matter. You know, you can spend an extra 20 minutes on the bike, or you can go for a walk. You, it gave you more time. And that allowed the productivity to be better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. That's what I heard a lot of people say, being able to just wake up and work from home and right, not worry about what you're wearing and just be presentable. And then, yeah, it allowed you to focus on what was more important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what companies still kind of... Um, kind of keep this going as far as like coming into the office for, you know, the the 40 hour weeks or whatever. But for us, we, 
even my my SVP, you know, they would have to go into the office every day. And she lives in, you know, she lives in Jersey and she would have to commute into the city. That's like an hour, you know, an hour and a half. That's two hours of your day. So by the yeah. time you get home, you're tired or you're miserable, you know, because you have to be on the bus with all these other people or to train with all these people. So now it's like they go in, I think they go in a couple days a week or if they have meetings, of course, if we have a trade show or something like that, it's all hands on deck, everybody's in, but we're seeing that you don't physically have to be in the office every day. We all have our laptops. We're able to log in on the VPN and assist our customers. All of our calls come to our cell phones anyway. So it's, we, we're still able to be very productive and our accounts appreciate it. I mean, sometimes I have to kind of lock it down in the sense of people want to text you at eight, nine o'clock at night. Like, okay, now hats off, <laughs> you know, it's not an emergency in, in my opinion, because if, if you want to check the style of a dress, if it's available, the warehouse is still not going to ship it till tomorrow. So you can wait until tomorrow, you know, Whereas before, you know, you'd want to hurry up and answer. And not to say that not everyone, everyone is important to me, but mm -hmm. my quality of life is also important to me. So setting boundaries also came out of that, the pandemic for me, um, because it was always go, 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 go. And although I'm still, if I was at a hundred, maybe I'm at like 85 now, mm -hmm. which is better. You know, to, it doesn't seem like a lot, but I had to create boundaries. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. People were able to have work-life balance and yeah, especially without having to drive or take the bus or a train. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm hearing. People, they were a lot more productive in the, the work hours. Because wow. you, can, you can do so much more when you have those extra 20 minutes or that, you know, at the time my commute to the office was 45 minutes driving. You know, and 45 minutes to go 20 miles because of traffic, you know, so by the time you get to work, you have to have like a woosah moment, you know, so it's, it's, like I said, there's been good and bad. Unfortunately, you know, we've lost people and, you know, businesses unfortunately closed. I'm mm -hmm. just so grateful that for me, it still allowed me to be creative. It still allowed me to have a, a, a job that I could be able to sustain myself, even with the loss of salary for the time. Um, I still was able to maneuver. You know, a lot of companies worked with people on, you know, like pushing payments out or like, hey, can I don't know how long this is going to be for. This is what's happening at my company. What can, is there anything you can do to work with me? I was very grateful for the companies that allowed those, you know, those things. And, um, it was a, a, it allowed me to be able to stay afloat and not stress about money and not stress about being in a creative space. I was able to have that balance to do both. So I'm very appreciative for that, for sure. Thank you. And for everyone who's listening, definitely check out her beautiful mask on Instagram. It's Raymond, R-A-I dot M-E-N-T. Yes. And my website is houseofraymond.com. So I have the mask and um, women's tops, dresses, they'll find a, you know, a variety of things on there, but I'm definitely still making the mask. Um, so 
if you need some. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you so much for your time. I'm glad You're we so were welcome. able to connect and I'll be in touch. Thank you. Good luck with the rest of your project. I think this is such an amazing thing that you're doing. Um, I love a documentary and this is kind of that, um, that vibe to me. So good luck to you. And, um, you know, it's going to be amazing. Thank you, Keisha. You are so welcome. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to my conversation on this episode of Black America and COVID, an oral history project. If you enjoyed the episode, then please give it five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. The more five stars the podcast has, the more visible it is, the more access I have to people who would like to share their story living, working, and or going to school during the COVID-19 pandemic. If you are a Black American and you would like to share your experience with me, then email me at soniakillaroo at gmail.com. The emails in the show notes of the podcast or direct message me through my Instagram account, Black America and COVID, all one word, all lowercase. If you are a non-Black American and you would like to memorialize the life of a Black American sadly lost during the COVID-19 pandemic, then email me as well. This episode was written, produced, and audio engineered by me, Sonia Jean Killebrew, podcast host and executive producer. Thanks for listening to my oral history project, Black America and COVID.